This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, for any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt, you got some questions that came our way for this podcast today? Yeah, so there's a bunch of them and there's some football ones. There's some fun ones, you know. It's a kind of a mixed bag because we're getting that close to the trade deadline. I'm going to start with this one. This is from Brendino. How impossible would it be to swing a tackle for Quentin Nelson? Uh, I think pretty hard. What do you think? I, I mean, like 0% chance. <laughs> why would they do that? Why would Why would the Colts do that? Well, they stink, but I don't think that they would trade their franchise. No, hard. just because you just because you're not good doesn't mean you're trade your best player. I mean, I know teams have done that, like like Von Miller, you know, was traded last year. I get it, but this is a young guy who's still, you know, got a lot of years ahead that has a great, a big contract. Like that's not going to happen. Another question is about trading for Jonathan Taylor. And that kind of speaks to the same thing. I would have no interest in the bills trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor. And I don't think fans should feel that way. Or I don't think fans should want him either. No, I, this whole thing about trading for a running back, like, no, no, they, they don't need to keep handing the ball off. Like they, they, they win by Josh Allen throwing. And by the way, Devin Singletary averaging like five yards of carry over the last three weeks. I mean, what they're doing on the ground is, is good. Now I, I understand if you, any position you want to get better at, I'm all for but by trading an asset for a running back, especially somebody who would cost a bigger asset, you basically have to justify that in some way. Like what's your plan for that? You're going to use them a lot. You're going to hand off the ball. That's that's balls taken away from Josh Allen throwing it. And that's not what I want to see. This one is from Van's dad. And the question just is, why isn't Trey white playing this week? And we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but I think Trey white is just not playing this week, probably because they don't think they need him to be ready right now. And they want him to continue getting fully healthy. Like if this was a situation where it was a playoff game, my guess is that Trey white would probably be out there. That's a guess. That's an educated guess, but I think that's really it. I don't think they want to rush him back. Do you agree? hundred percent. I think this is all about, we, we said it for how many months they are going to slow play this, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about this in training camp and beginning of the season? They're going to slow play this as much as possible. And this is the ultimate slow play as much as possible. They're just going to basically, um, you know, put him on the field when he is ready to play and they're going to take as much time with that. And again, just because he's activated, if, and when he is, does not mean, um, he is going to play by the way, I, looked into this during the podcast. Okay. How about this? This is on the spot recording or reporting during the podcast. I looked into it and my sources tell me, here we go. All right. 
the practice period window for Tredavious White does end on November 1st. However, the Bills do have one extra day to activate him, which will be November 2nd at 4 p.m. So conceivably, they could make some trade deadline moves on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, they would have to activate him by 4 o'clock? Correct. I think what this is saying, and I don't know this for sure yet, if he's not if he if he's not activated by November first at four p.m., he can't practice on the second, but they can still activate him that later that day. Okay, so that might be uh, we show up at practice for Jets Week, and he's not out on the field, but we know why he's not out on the field. Exactly right. Yeah. So I think it, at least we know now, but that is that's what my information is telling me, and um, that's how it's going to look. So we'll see exactly what they do, Matt. But we said there was some ambiguity. Makes sense now. The 21 day practice window ends on November 1st. They do have one more day to actually make the official roster decision if they want. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, All right. This one is from Brian. He goes, a name that I haven't heard being thrown around as a possible trade target, Stefan Gilmore. And then he goes on to make the case. Do you think the Bills have any interest or should have any interest in Stefan Gilmore? Also, why are we talking so much about the Colts? We talked about Quentin Nelson, Jonathan Taylor, and now Stefan Gilmore. The Colts having a fire sale that we don't know about? uh, Apparently. why would the Bills need Stephon Gilmore? They have a they have a couple of rookies playing really well. They have Tredavious White coming back. They have Dane Jackson. I don't. Why would they need another corner? They're adding a corner in Tredavious White. I'll give you a name. Somebody that has been traded already three times in his career, and he's good. Brandon Cooks. Oh, I don't. I wish. I think Brandon Cooks is such a good player. Me too. Such a good player. I just don't see it. I, I don't think so either. But. The only reason I'm bringing him up is because he seems to get traded every year in some way or shape or form or every couple of years. I think his, 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 his his base salary is very, very minimal because he restructures his contract, which means that almost all his money's coming after this year. What would you be comfortable giving up for Brandon cooks in a trade? If you were the bills, what would be your like amount Uh, of capital you would give up? Maybe a fifth rounder, maybe a fourth at most, maybe. Oh, see, I was going to say I would do it for a third. I think Brandon yeah. cook. I think Brandon cooks is a sick player. He's really good. I think, yeah, I, he's fast. You know, this is the kind of guy they could use, right? Mm-hmm. Brandon cooks is still in his twenties. He's 29. He's been in the league for nine years, which yeah. is bananas to me, but he would be an interesting one. There's a lot of names that are out there. Here's another question that actually, well, do you know, I, do you know, by the way, that if he gets traded one more time, he will tie the NFL record for one player being traded in an NFL career. Eric Dickerson was traded four times. Oh, really? No, yeah. I, I did not know that. That's a good little fun fact to have. All right. This is coming from Scott. And this is something that must've been talked about on Joe Biscalia's podcast, but he goes after listening to Joe Biscalia's pod, who do you think would benefit the bills more Josh Jacobs or Jerry Judy? So two more potential targets that I think have been thrown out there, both in the AFC West of those two guys who do you think the bills would be better? I, I would be better for adding, I guess. I, I still want to go to the receiver because I don't know how much better you can get. Like what's the, what's the return on investment at a running back? That's the, that's the point for me. Like what's the return on investment? Are you, you're not giving him the ball 25 times. I hope you're not. If you no. are, then it's Josh Jacobs. If it's, if not, then I think it's Jerry Judy. 
I think it's one of those things or what are you trying to do? Because Jerry Judy wouldn't be a, you make that trade for him now. And then you're worrying about him down the, you know, you're letting him walk. That's not how it would work with him. Josh Jacobs would be almost purely a rental. Josh Jacobs is like, okay, this is an improvement at running back for this year. And then he's probably going to walk because he didn't get his fifth year option where Jerry Judy is still a young player. It would probably cost you more to add a player like Jerry Judy, but man, would he be a nice little option for you? Same thing. I know a lot of people are talking about Elijah Moore. I don't see that situation happening because of the division, but he would be a dynamite addition for a team that needs a young wide receiver somewhere oh, outside of the AFC. East. How about DJ Moore? Give me him, right? DJ Moore, but same thing. DJ Moore's got such a big contract yes, that I just don't right. think that no. that makes sense for a team like the Bills. It makes sense for a team, honestly, trying to do what the Bills did with Stefan Diggs a couple of years ago, who's like, that guy could be even better if he had a real quarterback. I don't think DJ Moore is the level player that Stefan Diggs is, but I think he's a really, really good player who just hasn't had a fair shake because he's playing with, who is it? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Cam Newton, the list goes on of quarterbacks. And I would say too, that it appears that the Kansas city chiefs are going to be in on one of these players as well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they restructured the contract of Kelsey and there's been some reporting on even Brandon cooks. I saw his name mentioned and tied to them. Um, DJ Moore, we'll see, but, you could very well see the Kansas City Chiefs make a move like that. I have a question for you. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you if the Chiefs make a move, do you feel like the Bills are in a position where they also have to make a move? No, I think the Bills should not do anything based on what anybody else does. They need to make their best decisions for them. To me, Matt, that's how you make mistakes is by making a move because someone else made a move. You need to do it because you think it's in your best interest, not because you have to counter something another team did. And then I'm going to ask you one follow-up. I agree with everything you said. If the bills make a move, give me the position of the move they trade for offensive line. I agree. I agree. I, I think, I think it's a little be, more depth there could be added. I think it's going to be a guard that probably we didn't know was going to be on the market. Who's probably got a ton of starting experience. Maybe they're an upgrade. Maybe they're about the same, but at least it gives them another body in that room that they can trust. If the injury bug hits, what was your question for me? Um. Okay. So, I, I'm having this battle and I, I always try to, people think I'm trolling. People think I'm trying to be funny or snarky and I'm not, I'm being very serious. I have a hot take, if you will. And my hot take is that I think, I think overall bill Belichick is an average coach. I think that it's showing now he might be the most accomplished coach ever. And he's earned all those super bowl rings. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not taking anything away from his legacy, but he's now nine games under 500 in 157 career games coach without Tom Brady. And he seems to have no semblance of any, anything that he's doing with this particular quarterback situation. And I think that he's an average coach. He's an average head coach. So is the argument he's not an that average football coach. He's a great football coach, coordinator, position coach, football mind. I think he's an average head coach who would do is doing just about what anybody else would do. An average coach in the same situation without the greatest court quarterback of all time. Can you, can I make the argument? I don't, I see what you're saying. My question is, could he have at one time been the absolute best? And maybe since he slipped, is that fair? Sure. Or does it have to be one or the other? Cause I would say for all of those years that they won, he's still to me, the best football coach in NFL history, because I know he had a great piece like Tom Brady, but he also had to figure out how to win with a great piece. And he was yep. able to get it done. I think since they've slipped, I don't think that yep. he should be the GM and the head coach and that everything they do is gospel because I just don't think that it works that way anymore. And I think he's shown that like they've made a lot of mistakes, 
that being said, though, I, I do still think in the history of the NFL, there's a reason he's the most successful guy. So I think what you're saying is fair. And I, whenever I talk about this and I point out the record, people try to spin it as me saying he stinks. I don't think he stinks. I just think that you could put a lot of really decent coaches, average coaches to above average coaches in the same situation as him with Tom Brady and they would win multiple Super Bowls. But I will give him this. I do think he was perfect for Brady. And I Mm -hmm. think Brady was perfect for him. I think it was the absolute best marriage. They brought out the best in each other and he deserves all the credit for that. He helped develop Tom, the um, off the field connection, the on the field connection, whatever it is, they deserve all that together. But I think what you're saying is probably right. Where at some point though, see what's happened to me is for me, he's been coaching for so long. I think he's still trying to coach like he has Tom Brady. He doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. He can't just go out there and say, well, I'll have my quarterback cover up for all the mistakes. And you know, that's okay. And have this roster. That's not full of all these weapons. Um, they can't do that anymore. So I think right now, at least right now, he's an average head coach and he has, look at, he's coached 157 games without Tom Brady. One other coach in NFL history has coached exactly 157 games. Gary Kubiak, and he has like a 10 game over 500 record. Gary Kubiak. Yes. Okay. Bum Phillips coached like 160 something games. Well better record than what you see Belichick have in his 157 without Brady. I'm going to branch off your take. And it's just something that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks. I think Mike Tomlin is another really solid NFL coach. And I think that his best years are behind him because they make some really ridiculous decisions, like really bad decisions. And, and I get and Roethlisberger covered up for a lot of them before, uh, right? It's just like some of the decisions on when to kick field goals, yeah. when to go for it, yes. when not to go for it. And some of that also is that I just feel like they don't trust their young quarterback yet. And I get that, but man, are some like some of the kicks that they tried to go for against the bills when you're massive underdogs on the road and you're already down by two or three scores. What is kicking a field goal do at that point? You're just giving up on the game. It was the same way the other day when I was watching them go against the dolphins. I'm just like, what is some of this decision-making Mike Tomlin is this guy who always covers the spread, you know, good teams, win, great teams cover the spread. You're like, wow, that guy's always got it figured out, but there's just something about him too. Like, I, I feel like there's the like group of legendary coaches, which is, Belichick Tomlin's in there because he's one, one, I think Andy Reid's in there. Andy Reid's an offensive mastermind, but also makes a lot of bad decisions on when they punt the ball and when they shouldn't like you've got Patrick Mahomes, you should go for it probably every time regard. Like if you're close to midfield or in your opponent's end of the field, you should be going for it. And they don't do that. And I think that lets teams hang around more than they should. And I'll, I'll, I'll put a bow on this Belichick conversation by saying one of the counterpoints to me is someone saying, well, you could say that about any NFL head coach without like, look at, are you, what about Walsh or what about Levy? And I'm yeah, that's the point. Isn't that the point? That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think Marv Levy is as good a head coach without Jim Kelly. I don't think Bill Walsh would be as good of a head coach without Joe Montana. There is one guy though. I always bring up. I think he is the greatest coach ever. Joe Gibbs before your time. I get it. Mm-hmm. You might know who Joe Gibbs is. You didn't watch him coach. Matt, Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls in 12 years and went to a fourth with three non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That to me is coaching. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. I mean, imagine that would be, and you know, that would be like Josh Allen moving on from the bills and Sean McDermott leading this team to three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. That's what I mean. With case Keenum, with whoever, and with whoever that's, that's why I say to me, so, so I say to me, you give me 
a solid roster because those Redskins teams were good. And it was Washington Redskins at the time. They were really good, but they didn't have great quarterbacks. You give me a really solid roster without a, not a great quarterback. I'll take Joe Gibbs to coach him over any coach I've ever seen. So the, so you're saying Joe Gibbs is the, you, in your opinion, the best coach of all time, but nobody's arguing that Bill Belichick is the most accomplished coach of all exactly time. Exactly right. Because there was a big difference between most accomplished and best because it was just the most accomplished. Robert Ori would be one of the greatest NBA players ever. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I totally see what you're saying. How did we get to this point, by the way? Because I needed to get validation for my Bill Belichick take. Okay. I, I'm here to support. Are you. you validating me? I'm validating you. That's what podcast partners do. We lift I each appreciate other up. That. I was looking for validation because I tweeted out his record on Monday night without, um, after they lost. And I just, I get a lot of, I get a lot of good feedback on it, but a lot of people think I'm just trying to be silly and troll Patriots fans. And I'm not, it's an, a sincere take. Well, I was still probably pretty loopy on the anesthesia Monday night, or else I would have jumped in and tried to defend your take <laughs> at that point. But I was seeing right. stars for a couple hours on Monday. All right. Well, listen, uh, you go recover a little bit more. We appreciate everybody for listening. Um, predictions. Going to give our predictions. Oh, yeah. For this game. What yeah. I mean, the Bills should get to 30, right? Uh, maybe. You know what? It's one of those funky games. I'm going to say, how about this? 28 to 17. I'll say a little closer, but. Right at the right at the line, eleven point game. That's I'm gonna say fair. twenty-eight seventeen. That's a that is the spread. So that's what I'm gonna go with. Twenty-eight seventeen. I'm gonna say Bills thirty-one, Packers sixteen. Okay. A weird score. I like but I think scores. I think the Bills cover. I think the Bills put up a few more points than you think they put up. I think the defense holds pretty well. I think the Packers, they're going to probably have a couple big plays because Aaron Rodgers, I trust him stretching the field, but I think the bills are a much better team. Well, we want to thank our producer. Lucas Buckley does a great job, you know, producing and helping us out with this show. And we want to remind everybody that you can always listen to the latest. It's always game day in Buffalo. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it. And I appreciate Matt Bove validating my bill Belichick take. I will tell you that. I'm here for you, buddy. I appreciate you making sure that we were able to get this podcast done with me with one foot right now. Um, we're going to see each other on Sunday though, right? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, I got to get dropped off at the stadium. Like I'm a kid and I'm going to have my little scooter and I'm going to wheel it up into the press box. And I, love it. I was, a couple of people were joking, asking if my scooter has a bell on it so I could let everybody Aww. know that I'm coming up. Yes. I told them I'm going to take one of those like clothes. Uh, what are they? Those pins and put like an old trading card on the wheel. So when I'm wheeling, oh, by, yeah. it's going to make that little noise in the background. So yeah, you should see me on Sunday. It's just, I don't know how mobile I'm going to be. Just be careful what card you use. It could be some like good rookie that, you know, years later, you're like, why did I put that in my spokes? <laughs> just because, you know, anything for the bit, I guess. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a, uh, have a good week. Recover. Well, we'll see you on Sunday. We want to thank everybody for listening.